Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for the road that has been traveled, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How are you fellas doing? Uh, gentlemen, we did it. Like, this is the only season. We've been doing this since, like, September or something. This is the only one that's, like, been unbroken. Or I guess Lower Decks was unbroken, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, it was. I'm just thinking, like, Prodigy and Discovery were both split apart. Yeah. But this one, you know, True. ran straight through. Yeah, ten weeks. Ten weeks ten straight. Weeks. Here we are at the end. Yep. You know, who would have thought this is where we'd be ten weeks ago? You know, guys, when I, when I think of, of what we've been through, I, I think of the wise words from... Um, a disembodied voice that said, you know, it's been a long road, you know, getting from there to here. I think we spend too much time together. I, I pretty much knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, David. <laughs> it's like we have this like bond or something. I, I don't even know. It's Oh my goodness. If, if you ever get like an interview with Rod Stewart just one time, you know, you, you have to have him sing that just that one, just the just the first bar, not the entire song. Except just the first. That's not bar. Rod Stewart singing it in the Enterprise theme. It's his song, but that's not him singing it yeah. in that version. The cake is I a lie. To you, it's not. The cake is a lie. That's that's what David is thinking right now. The cake is a lie. I was about to say I was pretty sure it was, but I mean, I, I didn't dig into theme music. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, song by Russell Watson, or sorry, the, it's song by Rod Stewart, but sung by Russell Watson. Yeah, it's called. Sounds it's, a lot like Rod Stewart. It's called Faith of the Heart. It was pref- written by Diane Warren, performed by Rod Stewart. For the 1998 soundtrack to the film Patch Adams. Patch Adams. That's a good that one. It was also re-recorded by English tenor Russell Watson as Where My Heart Will Take Me in order to be used as the theme to the 2001 television series Star Trek Enterprise. That's that's some deep cut knowledge here. <laughs> I am so glad to have learned that today. <laughs> <laughs> David... You couldn't have just let me alone and just you know, let me believe. <laughs> I want that to Rod believe. Stewart. I want to believe. The, the Rod Stewart, not just a Rod Stewart, but the Rod Stewart was involved in Star Trek just once. Just, just once. That's, that's not going to happen with Eric, man. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. Ah, <sighs> fine. Facts, yeah. 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 Facts don't care about your. Facts feelings, don't David. care about your feelings. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Dang, we're off to a great start. So how are you guys doing besides, you know, the Rod Stewart song is a lie? Oh, boy. I'm tired. I'm very tired today, boys. I didn't get much sleep last night. Mm. Work and all that good stuff. You know, it's a whole hour later here on the East Coast ah, than it is for you, <laughs> Texas boys. Mm. On the East Coast. <laughs> in the, yeah, as he's yeah. in the Midwest, great, great coast in Ohio. That's that's correct. I mean, we we have we have water you have that Lake, borders us to the north. Lake Erie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's water. It's very eerie. There's also other lakes. 
not very many of them. But there are lakes and creeks. What and a river? Was it? Was it? Um, was it like Erie or was it like um, Michigan that had like the zebra mussel infestation years ago? No idea what I'm talking about. That's cool. It's fine. It's great. Okay. You, you did, did, just watching PBS a little too much. Let's there. just strike that and, and reverse it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, so David's tired. He wants a nap. So um, we'll, we'll just, you know, poke him every now and again when we need him to talk um, on, this, on this little recap, and it'll be fine. So, um, yeah. And Eric well, listen, and I... I'm not going to lie. I was tired today, too. And, you know, I, I watched the Picard episode this morning. Okay. And I came home, and I, was, I turned on the Stranger Things episode, and I actually fell asleep. It, or not the Stranger Things, the, yeah, the Stranger Things episode, the Strange New Worlds episode, and I actually fell asleep watching it. Okay. That, don't let that be any indication of like the quality of it. I was just tired. Capture that on Twitter. Not Eric. He hated Stranger Worlds. What's going on right now? Tag Anson Mount right now. All right, at Anson Mount, at uh, Michelle Paradise, at Akiva Goldsman, at Paramount on P Plus, at Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. Um, at Ethan Peck, um, this one Trek the, dude hates your show. He fell asleep because he was so bored. Yeah. The, the the new Twitter poll is so on a scale of one to ten, how much did Eric hate? I know a guy. Uh, Strange new world. I know a guy for the poll. I I just I know a you guy. You know a guy who can That's make right. the Twitter poll. Happen. I do. I do. Which word of disgust? best describes Eric's <laughs> level of hatred towards Strange New World. <laughs> <laughs> loathe. <laughs> oh, 100% for loathe. There we go. I mean, it might have to make an appearance. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Just might have to. Alright. Well, yeah, um, uh, recently, you know, the um, we, we had the, the Rogue Admirals episode um, come out, and um, Eric and I had fun kind of talking through some of those rogue admirals. And there was, um, David, there was a question that um, I totally sprung on Eric, caught him way off guard, and uh, I want you to feel right at home feeling caught off guard by this. Sweet. So, I, you know, with, you know, recently um, our sci fi brethren celebrated um, the most holy day of Star Wars Day, May the 4th, right? you amongst with them. I know you went on your pilgrimage to Coruscant, to the, um, the Jedi Temple, from what I understand. Um, so the question that I asked, um, asked Eric is, which um, Star Wars film is the most Star Trek-like? And you have like 11 to work which with. Star Wars film is the most Star Trek-like? Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I thought about it. If this helps, I thought about it for a minute, and I said Solo. Mm. This is a good Western. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, science only half matters, and nah, quarter matters in Star Trek, so we we can't really give it that particular... Uh, I man, I don't, I don't know, cause like the 
the prequels were so much about effectively the the, the prelude to war and, and takeover. So I guess if you really wanted to relate, I mean, I, I could I could probably relate certain things to the movies. Like I could say that probably the prequels would be pretty darn close to like DS9 because they're a, they're a little darker and there's like the wars and everything. So you could kind of equate that to like DS9 uh, style Trek. Um, God, the the original series though, I I don't I don't know, I don't necessarily know if I would if I would bring those into into Star Trek though, uh, because that's that's so force heavy and force is of course not science, it's the force. Um, man, but I I, I guess I could probably. <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on the track. I guess uh, I could maybe like uh, throw like possibly the rise of Skywalker out there as being, you know, oh God, I don't want to be this mean. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to be this mean chase. Why are you making me be mean? Cause I, cause I had Eric do it and, and I did it. Oh, this is terrible. So anyway, the rise of Skywalker is kind of discovery esque, where half of it didn't make any sense. And they just tried to throw a bunch of stuff in one big long thing. And then at the end, they just kind of crapped out with Palpatine. So I guess you could say that. <laughs> so the just one that I meandered along and went to a very, unsatisfying conclusion dang dang <laughs> so there are parts of rise of skywalker that i did like but you know i mean it, it is what like it the is. fleet showing up that was pretty dope by the way that, 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 oh, that yeah, was pretty sure. cool. That was cool so the one that i said for which star wars is the most trek like um i said return of the jedi just because there's like talking there's planning there's more talking there's more talking and more talking and some fighting talking and talking in one and uh, what was that what was that song one entirely unbroken circled what was the thing have you not heard that no oh my god it's like a it's like a it's like sort of like a somewhat techno song but they took like sound bites of 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 a patrick stewart as jean-luc picard they took his sound bites and Oh, I know what you're talking about i know you're talking about like but yeah yeah okay 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 now that you say that i know what you're talking about <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's what I said. You can't ask me complicated questions when I'm tired, Chase. I'll just ramble. <laughs> should, should I ask him the other one, Eric? Yeah, and then and then ask. There's a second part to this question. Okay. So just as we ask which Star Wars is the most Star Trek like, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same thing. With what I'm about to ask, but which Trek, either show or movie, right, is the most Star Wars esque? And I've thought about this since last night, and I think my answer is Star Trek 2009. Because it opens with, like, a fight scene, a space battle, right? There's a planet-killing device, right? There's a, yeah. a, a, young, a young whippersnapper who gets caught up in is way over his head. Right, but he becomes super important. I think it's Star Trek 2009. That's a yeah. That's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good answer. Uh, man, 
I mean, anything with Wesley Crusher could kind of be relating to like episode one where you just have an annoying kid trying to learn life lessons. Anything um, with Wesley Crusher? Did you just anything. do something there, David? N- no. <laughs> Never. No. Um, <laughs> no the, fir- the first thing that popped into my head was Wrath of Khan just having William Shatner just yell out Khan and overact and it, it reminded me it reminded me of episode 2 where everything was terribly acted so just from an acting standpoint <laughs> uh yeah I don't know man I, I think yeah I, I kind of agree with Eric though that one's that that's pretty that's pretty spot on I could see that but there again I mean those whole the the, the newer Trek movies are very much more geared towards you know kind of the I guess action aspect sure. of stuff how, how, how big can we make the spectacle sure yeah I mean I like I like oh I think of the three Kelvin timeline um, I think I like 09 the most followed by beyond and I know where Eric stands on beyond but I really like beyond I just can't stand into darkness that's just me into Darkness was new, new con, new con right? yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed that movie when I watched it. I haven't watched it in a long time, so maybe it's just like rose-colored glasses from like when it was in theaters. Yeah. So, so my wife is nowhere near as big of a, of a Trekkie as I am, and the day that that movie came out, we had moved from Midland to Fort Worth um, before I started school, like a few weeks before we started school in Dallas, and. It was the day that we had like moved. We'd unpacked the U-Haul into the storage unit. We were staying at my uh, my in-laws for just a little bit until our apartment's ready. So like that night, we go to the movie theater and we see Into Darkness, and we we leave at like two in the morning or whatever. And she's like, "That's wh- why did they redo Wrath of Khan?" And like she, I mean, like I said, like she's not as big of a of a Trek fan as I am. And I'm like, I don't know, I I don't know. <laughs> Why not? I get, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Why not? Anyway, good good questions, though, Chase. Uh-huh. Thoughtful questions. It's almost as if I'm from the Star Trek fandom with thoughtful thinking stuff. Heck, it could, it could be a Twitter poll. Hmm. I only get four choices, though. Good. Pick the best ones. Jeez, come on, man. <sighs> Professionals here. You're right. I need to start writing professional reviews do- so Eric will read my stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, do you, you gents want to go ahead and do this now that we've been rambling for a while? Y- y'all actually want to talk, Trek? Yeah, let's get you. You didn't it. even ask how our week was. I Jeez, did. I'm so disappointed. I did, and you like were asleep. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't know how Eric Eric's week was. He just said he was tired. That's it. About he just it. Specifically said today. You didn't say how your week was. Well, we're only, David, we're only about fifteen here, minutes in. You weren't here for the last conversation where we talked about our week. Ah, dang it. Fine, move on. <laughs> just cut me out. It's okay. I'm going to cut out like the entire 15 minutes of this right there. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. All right, let's, let's talk Trek. All right, everyone, if this is your first time tuning in, 
uh, we are going into spoilerific territory Little as we talk arm. about the season two finale, episode ten of Star Trek Picard. Farewell. Okay. Like okay, like we were... so so I have a question. Yeah. This show is ending, right? Like, this is the series finale. No more Star Trek Picard, right? Wrong. Did anybody else feel like that watching this episode? It kind of felt like it, didn't it? Like, this was a series finale. It's literally, it's called Farewell. Mm-hmm. And, like, it felt like all of the storylines were pretty wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. And we were saying goodbye. And the way it then it ended and it panned up to the sky and the original theme was playing. I'm like, dang, if I didn't know that there was going to be a season three and it was already filmed, I would not have high hopes for a season three. Well, I mean, like, they- it, it kind of feels... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it kind of feels like... Um, it, it feels like a show that was saying, hey... Here's a snippet of what could happen because there was kind of like a potential cliffhanger there, but also like we could totally be canceled tomorrow. <laughs> so if we're canceled tomorrow, then let's just wrap this all up in a nice little bow. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, they, they did essentially like what, what we were kind of talking about with the, uh, the season finale of discovery, right? Like, the way that Discovery ended there at the, um, um, like at the dock or whatever with the, the Federation president and everything, um, and then like the way it just kind of like pans out or whatever, and we get the, the the money shot of Earth and all that stuff, and like it just felt like it was like a series finale. So like, what do you, what do you th- what do y'all think about like that that device? I suppose in terms of how they structure those shots and like this type of ending, I suppose. Well, like, it doesn't tie them into anything for the next season. Like, by ending it this way, they're like, well, you know, we can come up with any idea we want. Whereas if you, like, leave some kind of cliffhanger, you're kind of, like, forced into that path, whether you actually like that idea or not, in a certain sense. Sometimes you might be like, hey, that's a cool idea. But then later on, you're like, ooh, I wish we wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And so it gives you, as a writer, it gives you freedom and flexibility. Okay, okay. So, so this 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 season finale, gents. Um, we we were talking last time about how there was a lot that had to be resolved um, adequately, right? Like for like they they just had like too much runway to work with. Um, or not enough runway, something like that, whatever, um, to, to wrap it up. And like, I, I checked IMDB because, um, like ahead of time just to see like before it aired, like how long this episode was going to be. And I saw it was like 46, 47, 48 minutes, 49 minutes. Yeah. So, so yeah, like less than an hour we had, it was 49 minutes for, for a season finale. Like, I think we were hoping it'd be like, I think we were hoping an hour long because of how much we thought there needed to be wrapped up. Yeah, season one finale was 56 minutes. And, well, here's a quick teaser. Like, the, Str- the Strange New World's premiere is 54 minutes. So, um, I-, I don't know. Yeah, but you so, have to do character introductions there, right? I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
So where we left off last time, you know, they were they were on the the old country dirt road, um, stranded without a ship, and they're resigned to just, I guess, live in the 21st century, just before World War III is supposed to break out. And oh, by the way, two years. It's World War III starts in 2026 and lasts for 27 years. So they were resigned to go through that, I suppose. And um, instead. Um, we, we come up with like this, this quick little plan of, okay, well, one of us needs to go to Europa and the other one needs to track down Soong and stop some stuff. And I guess they did. I mean, it just, it kind of happened like pretty quick. Yeah. We were, we were talking up like, man, why is Adam Sung the final boss here? Like he doesn't, like doesn't compute that he's the final boss. Right. And like. As quickly as we took him out here, he clearly didn't deserve to be the final boss. Right. Like, they wrapped up the like that storyline like super quick and super easy. Can, can, can I can I expostulate for just a second? Get after it, man. Make it so. Okay. So th- this this episode was a structural nightmare. I could have sworn it ended like at least three times. And this is me not nodding my head. Yeah. What what it wound up being, at least in, in the the thought that I had after I watched it was, you know, how uh, 10 episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, 10 episodes. So we had 10 episodes and what we could have just done is effectively had 5 two episode arcs like many arcs because you have I I feel like now we drug our feet so much with like you know a couple of those filler episodes and all this stuff to then jam pack all of this resolution into one final episode when the the pacing because we had talked about slow pacing or just weird pacing the pacing on this was like such a stutter it was like a stutter step, stutter step, stutter step. When legitimately, it feels like if this were, and I don't want to like compare it to other stuff, you know, but just let's say just TNG or whatever. I feel like what this season was an amalgamation of was every season ending two episode arc, but we just elongated the store, the parts of the story that didn't really matter all that much, and then jam packed all the resolution into the final episode for some reason so structurally I came away thinking it's like this is kind of like a nightmare to me like for my ordered brain it's like uh, why But in a sense I liked it it's like okay we wrap up one story it's done and then we wrap up another story but it's not like we're leaving the story unfinished and then jumping to another story it's like this story is now wrapped up now we're going to this story and we're going to wrap it up now we're going to this story and we're going to wrap. So for me, yeah, I get what you're saying, how it was like all over the place. But in a sense, it was structured and ordered. I, I, I mean, I, I, I can see that from a certain standpoint. From a certain like, point of view? Uh, I, uh, sure, 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 Chase. <laughs> I don't feel like being messed with right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't understand that. But again, 
it, it it's just kind of like uh, I mean, what were our major storylines? Soon, Soon trying to stop the mission, the Europa mission. Right. Well, so, soon his his bunch of daughters, and they're talking like overall, David, like the storyline. Yeah, I'm, I'm like overall strings. So you have the Soon line, which is effectively his experimentation, trying to stop the Europa mission so that he can somehow shape the future as he's yeah. being told by the Borg. Right. Then you have the Borg storyline. Then you have sort of the time jump storyline. The fact that, you know, at the very early part, we, we, we or well, universe jump sort of uh, go into, I don't even know if we, I suppose with some of the stuff Q said at the end, this is definitely concerning more of different, like, multiverse sort of timeline type of deals um and then even like the stuff with 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 talent that's its own kind of small storyline which also ties into like picard's little love angle Mm -hmm. and so forth and then you have the the bigger q line and and again like this is just a preference this isn't like my god you guys suck and and this is all terrible so i don't want to i don't want to act like that but but for me I don't think that I felt like I got enough of what I actually what I actually felt was the central thing for this entire thing, and that was the Q and Picard relationship. That thing, that whole over thirty years we've been doing this dance. You know what I mean? And I would have just liked to have had an ending episode where we just kind of actually got into that as opposed to so again like you, you you started up first two episodes uh you know q does pop in we we make the jump we do that but like there's some endings that could happen along the way but i mean i get it eric i mean i i understand the the, the bows at the end but it, it just it to me it just felt stuttery like like it, it was like 20 minutes in i was like are we done oh no we're not we still have like then the, the return of the king at the end, how you wrap up one story, and now you go, now you wrap up this other story, then you go wrap well, the, up this other story. How is that any different? The Lord of the Rings is three very distinctive stories, though, in a much longer yeah, tale. It is. So, in, in that regard, you know, you have you have the be, the beginning effectively where we're where we're meeting everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're figuring out what our long-term struggle is. So the long-term struggle is the destruction of the ring, and you know we're 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 starting that that journey to to get there. The the middle movie is all about the first wave of war and effectively defeating Saruman. So that's that's like the end of that is defeating Saruman's army, take you know effectively taking down Saruman, and then the last movie is then heading off to the big boss. And, and you know defeating the armies of Mordor, so that that's kind of how I no, saw that. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, you have the ending where we destroy the ring in Mount Doom. Then we have the ending mm-hmm. where Aragorn is named king. Then we have the ending where they go back to the Shire and Frodo writes his book. Then we have the ending where Bilbo has to get sent off. It's like there's a bunch of different endings, but each one is wrapped up, and then we move on to the next one. Mm. I mean, fa- I mean that, that that's fair. I just maybe it was just done better. Yeah, I think that's probably the answer, the correct answer. Well, and I think the thing that we need to, I mean, I'm going to be the nerd on this part, but like, what 
what Peter Jackson did was just a, a smidge different than what actually happened in the books themselves. Sure it was. True. So, um, I think the books, it was a lot tighter in terms of how, like, the stories were wrapped up. The, the only thing I will give Eric from a book standpoint is the very end is effectively the battle for the Shire. So we, yes. we had like a, yeah. we had a hard stop and then it was like an, almost an extra book at the end where we had to take back the Shire. So in that regard, from a book sense, I, I do, I do understand that. But also you're talking about one of the greatest epic tales of all time. And I wanted more anyway. So I give it a bit of a pass the, uh, maybe it's just, again solo for me that the that the stakes just didn't feel like anything here and the only thing that i really was interested in really was q i guess so that's fair. Yeah. That's but fair. no i mean that's that's good that's a good call good job good job everyone good talk no fight come on poke the bear somewhere. okay so anyway <laughs> anyway let's actually like like if you think about this like you're like is this episode over? Because we spent, it's like 18 minutes or something like that. And we wrap up the Sung storyline, 18 of like 49 minutes. And so what well, we go to the Europa and, uh, uh, not Laris has figured out what the two Renee's means. And she's like, it's my job, right? I'm the watcher. I've been protecting Renee for my entire mm-hmm. life. And, you know, if I'm the Renee that has to die, I'm okay with that because that's my mission in life. And Picard's like, you don't have to sacrifice yourself for this. I figured out what you're trying to do. No one else did it, but I figured it out. You don't have to do that. And she said, it's my life. It's my choice. And if that's what I need to do, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... And I thought they had a good. I thought they had a good meeting. It's like the first time they really ever met. Like I know, you know, Talon said like you know there were a few times when she couldn't help it. Like previous, like she gave her that necklace at her, you know, the necklace before. But like I thought they had a good, a good heartfelt conversation here. Like you know, I've been your guardian angel watching over you and all of these these moments through your life and I understand you. I, I I thought it was well acted out. I did too. And I think that this and mm, maybe one other scene I thought like actually had like the emotional like gravity to it to actually feel authentic compared to like some of the other stuff that I was watching in this episode. <laughs> but um but but like the thing that was a little hard for me to just kind of I guess like swallow was like the fact that like it, it wasn't the fact that Talon, you know, just was able to throw on a, a spacesuit, walk through like crazy top security clearance areas or whatever. But it was the fact that, like, she's like crazy stalker lady, like, to Renee, basically. And Renee just believes her, goes along with the plan, hook, line, and sinker, right? Like, just like that. 
I mean, that, that, that that's 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 a little much as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I mean, I get like that Talon has been watching her and like protecting her her whole dang life. But like that, that's just a little much. That's just a little much. So that's all I'm going to yeah, say. Well, she has that. faith. Faith of the heart. Yeah. But uh, so so, what y'all what y'all think of that switcheroo? By the way, like so, th- so yeah, you have to trust me right now. Your life depends upon it. Here, quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna change into look like you, because become the faceless, the many faced man. Hmm. Came from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Like, where did she get that? How did she like? Where did that come from? Well, I guess wasn't that sort of the whole thing with the ears when we first met her? Because she had human ears. Yeah. Wasn't that part of that tech, maybe? I mean, it could have been, but I, I was just thinking, like, with that thing, like, you put on, like, your, your headsets, right? And it, like, it can change your ears, but, like, change your face? Like, is there, like, a mask that she got, like, at Party City, you know, for she watchers just, like, or whatever? Kinda, like, waved her hand to take it off, right? <laughs> there was no technology. That helped her take it off. I mean, what what do you want, Chase? Do you want like a Mission Impossible Tom Cruise where he just always takes off another mask? Yeah, man, let's do it. Sweet. You yeah. know, at, you know, in those movies, it's like the time it takes them to make a mask depends upon the plot, right? Because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched those movies, but like, yeah. dang, we can make a mask for anybody. Like, and I just have it in a quick second, but. You know, if we need to create tension, there's always a mask building scene mm-hmm. with Simon Pegg. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric, I got to ask, man. You know, like a, a, a few moments after uh, Talon posing as Renee is hanging out with Soong, um, you know, he like pulls this thing off his, off his hand because it's like, you know, a toxin or whatever. Were you getting like any like, you know... Any Mandy vibes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay, I'm just checking. Once again, yeah. we have to we have, like we have to meet our quota, right, for 24 references when we talk about Star Trek. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know it actually like gives away it's even if if you thought for a moment that this was Renee Picard, it kind of like gives it away before the reveal because like when she's stumbling down the stairs and she sees Jean Luc, she says Picard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we know Renee and Jean-Luc met, but she didn't know who she, who he was. Yeah, there was no name that was given that I'm aware of, apart yeah, from, like, it, whatever his name tag said, right? Yeah, and so she <laughs> says, Picard. And then she calls him Jean-Luc when he's holding her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, okay, this is not what we think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he goes, look up. And a bow, yeah. nice big red bow. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So like, that's how we were able to get away with it. And of course, we know what's up. Like, we know the real Renee. Like, you know, is a is a rocket man. But did, but here's the thing. Did you notice this when when Talon walks into Renee's staging room, whatever dressing, whatever it is? Um, right when she walks in, it says. T minus 60 minutes to launch. 
And then, like, <laughs> it's, it's like two minutes later that the rocket launches, right? <laughs> like, fake Renee comes out, gets the toxin, stumbles down the stairs, and has a quick little conversation with Picard, and there's the rocket launch. Mm-hmm. It was like T-minus 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was the longest stumble down the stairs in history. She was struggling. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, maybe it took Talon longer to convince her. Like maybe they were in that dressing room for more time. The following but it takes didn't place. Seem, it didn't. It didn't seem like it because at the same time we're trying to stop those drones, and that looks like that's happening in real time. <laughs> you had to mention real time, didn't you, Eric? <laughs> the following takes place between twelve o'clock. 12.02 p.m. on the day of the Europa mission launch. Events occur in real time. David's done with us. He's like, I'm out of here, man. My bed is I calling watched, me. like one season of 24. Coming it's fall really, 2024. It's, we should do it's, that. It's fall 2024. Really it's really good, David. Fall, Dude, we should do this. We should do this. Fall 2024. Right, we should do it. We should totally do it. And like, yep. David, don't watch it. Like, you can like have be like fresh eyes, and like we'll be like. Trust me, I will not watch it. We'll be like the <laughs> like the special agents, right? Like we'll be the very special agents right. of CTU, getting into shenanigans and stuff. Yes, yes, we will. Yeah, very special agent. Okay. So yeah, so Renee makes it. Good job, Renee. She makes it on the ship, and we later find find out that. You know, she's having a little talky talk with uh, news folks. And uh, Soong is not a happy camper about that. Did, did that. did that David Bowie song play for you guys in your own head at all? Space Odyssey or Space uh, Oddity? Oddity. Oddity. Yeah. 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 You know, ground control. Ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm more preference to 5v5 you know? years or Starman. Hmm. Just trying to just tie something in, and you just gotta just just step on it. I'm stepping Starman's through good, the door, and I'm floating in the most peculiar way. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so, yeah, so at the same time <laughs> we're getting on the mission launch, Rio Seven and Rafi are going to the Sung headquarters, right? And they gotta stop missile drones or something. I don't know what they were. And they do, right? Really kind of uneventfully, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. It's like, oh, yeah, they stopped them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, we saved the day. And it was like 18 minutes. Yeah. Analog sticks just made it a little bit harder. Computer, activate manual control. <laughs> Riker, get out his joystick. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, Eric, this is a family show, dude. Well, I mean, to be fair, Chase, you did mention a money shot earlier, so. Just I saying. mean, this is a family show, guys. Okay, At least it's so like, to be. so Sung is a ruined man here, right? Didn't stop the Europa mission. And so he reaches into his, his drawer desk and pulls out a confidential file called the Khan Project. And it has a date on it. It says, like, June 1996. Mm-hmm. Which, 
at that point, I think the eugenics wars was in full full go. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I I'm trying to understand wait what the purpose of this scene is. Because just to, like, just to prove the, that we know that they know something about Star Trek, I think. But like, but like, the eugenics wars are over at this point. Is this are like? These writers this season have really messed with, like, the I mean, I know we went back in time and have done things, but I feel like they're messing with the timeline significantly. And I'm just do they even know the correct timeline? Do they know that the eugenics wars have already happened at this point? Or are they trying to, like, set up that he's going to start the eugenics wars now? Because... The Botany Bay was launched. This is like Canon was launched in 1999 mm-hmm. with Khan and his people. 25 mm-hmm. years past. So, well, is, isn't isn't this more of a just more of a setup for the soon line to continue, and then we eventually have like the Enterprise arc and all that stuff? I mean, maybe? I don't know. So the way that I, I so this is how I took that scene, like just to back it up a second. Um, he's ruined, man. Like he, he's like, dang it, I got duped. That dang Renee, she's gone to Jupiter. Well, his his daughter also. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like, what I was about to say, like Corey, she's on her like little VR headset thing, and she's like just going in there virtually and like deleting everything. So the way that I took that particular scene, guys, was that this is the only artifact that he has to work with with trying to rebuild anything that he had ha- having to do with eugenics whether he was the actual creator of Khan or he was like a, like a junior scientist you know when this was going on like almost 30 years it, prior was he a part of the project right so like maybe like mm-hmm. this is just like him having to start over and he's going to read the notes however many there are to try and do it all over again going back to the drawing board type of thing but with 1996 I gotta go I have to I have to kind of preface and, and kind of go back to one of my favorite episodes of Voyager which I know I talked yeah. about with Eric Future's End they end up in 1996 and it's just a nice look in 1996 right like there's like some weird stuff going on like with reverse engineering some future tech you know but you don't see anything in, yeah, in I know, 96. but you know, we read those. We read those those eugenics wars books, which yeah. kind of pass it off as like a shadow war behind the scenes, sure, not as a full blown out world war. So sure. who knows? So, um, but yeah, that's that's how I took the con thing. But I mean, it was it was all right, you know, like. But like, is there going to be any payoff for that? I can't imagine there is. I imagine it's just a dangling story thread. I guess the thing that I wanted, that I, I just, I don't know if we really need explanation. Actually, I don't want explanation, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, if this Europa mission is, like, such a big deal for changing, like, the trajectory and getting humanity to, like, look up, right, and look outside of themselves, where, how, what is, what with, like, Botany Bay in 1999, like 25 years earlier, you know, like we we launched them out into space, basically. I don't know. 
That's why I'm just curious. Do the writers even know the timeline and know the history? Because I I think they they threw something out completely later on. Like literally, I think they they literally just made made a big story not exist anymore. And we'll get to that. I mean, they made okay. a couple of stories not exist anymore. If I'm being perfectly honest. Sure. Okay, so yeah, um, Rafi is a genius, by the way. She can look at any computer and know exactly what buttons to press, apparently, uh, with the drones. So, like, we're able to, like, quote unquote, hack in and seize control of one of the drones and uh, play chase with one another and shoot them down, tackle them, whatever, um, to stop them from going pew pew with the Europa ship. So, cool. Do you want to gloat for a little bit? So that's I, like the next plot point. I do want to gloat for just a moment. So I know I, I have I've had some like crazy theories and stuff that I've talked about uh, with one or both of you, either like on our our recaps or our texts or individual recordings, whatever it might be, and it was it was around the time that Eric and I were. We're, uh, you know, recording or coming off of recording the, um, the um, what was it, the Rogue Admirals episode. And I was like, dude, what do you think about if, if you know, like, th- there, there's talk of, like, maybe getting all the, the next-gen main cast to show up at least once. What do you think if, like, Wesley shows up as, like, a traveler in, like, this season of Picard? Did I not say that, Eric? You absolutely did say that. And what happened, y'all? This is the most random, like... So like, random. On, on TRTV Awards number two, like biggest, biggest WTF, WTF moment. moment. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, honestly, here's where I think this came from. Hey, Will. This is, this is you know, Akiva Goldsman, whomever you know, who's running this, like, hey, Will, you've done a great job for us doing the Ready Room episodes, you know, interviewing all these people. We really love you. You've done a great job doing that, you know, some fantastic things. We're going to throw you a bone. How about it? We're going to give you a little cameo. It's not going to make sense, but we're going to do it for you. How do you think? What do you think, Will? Do you like that idea? Oh my God! <laughs> Let me tell you how excited I am. Was that a good? Was that a good Will Wheaton? Was that a good Will Wheaton? No, that. that I mean, honestly, like storylines aside, my first impression of this whole thing was like, I feel like he's trying to be the guy who's not trying to be creepy, but will secretly murder you later. Like, there's a lot of head nodding and. An enunciation. I am a traveler. <clears throat> yeah. So that was that was str- that was stranger than just having a traveler show up yeah, for me. But but also I think were they trying to say that the travelers were in charge of the watchers? That's what that's what I was going to ask you that's guys. That's what I got out of this. Like we set up the yep. watchers and the supervisors. We're responsible for them. 
Yeah, I mean, which which in reality, I mean, you could make some sense out of that. Like if you're seeing all of time and space and all the pivot points and everything. I don't know why they specifically went about going about it that way, but you know, yeah. Yeah, but like I, I mean. I don't know if this is going to lead to anything next season, but I've got to say, like, Issa Brionis was the main character of season one. Like, let's be honest, like, you know, Patrick's Jean-Luc Picard's Star Trek Picard, and obviously he is the main character, but, like, she's, like, the secondary main character. And I don't even want to call her, like, secondary. It's, like, one in one A in season one. Like, it was really her story. And she had nothing to do this season. Like, mm-hmm. like, so inconsequential. It was like you could have excised Issa Briones, like, super easy. And so I don't know. I hopefully, like, I don't know. I, there's some cast issues coming up with next season. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. People have said, like, Allison Pill is not going to be back next season. I think that's confirmed. I think she said that. Like, we're bringing back in all of the TNG people. So, like, how much room are we going to have for the actual cast of this show and how many of them are going to be back? But I really hope that they give Issa Briones, if she's coming back, actually something to do. Yeah. I don't think they will. I think they fumbled that a long time ago, which is sad because I actually was intrigued by that, that whole character. The Corey character, the Corey. No, just no, I mean, or, just or, who, or whoever so they chose to have her play. Oh. Which soon daughter? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just whatever she they chose to have her play. That was interesting because, like, I don't know, man. I mean, like, Picard's an old old guy, old founded knowledge dude. It's like just have her as his little buddy. It's like <laughs> just just she's just his little his little buddy. They go out and have adventures. It would be fun. There we go. But yeah, you're right, Eric. They, they, they just kind of slapped it aside. I don't think we'll see her back. I don't think. I mean, we're not going to like see half the cast, right? Like, it's looking that way. Yeah. I think like it's they like had to, they had to clear the deck. All the TNG people, so we got to get rid of all these characters. Yeah, let's clear the deck so we can have everyone back, man. Quick, the IMDb the IMDb ratings are tanking. Let's just bring back the old TNG characters and get rid of all these scrubs. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong, probably. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, okay, okay. So but, let, let's, let's move on. Come on. I, I want to say something. Like we're, like, we're messing with time here. And this is why I, like, I hate time travel stories. And David, you are so rubbing off on me. It's like, <laughs> like, like, you know... Are we altering the timeline, or are the things we doing creating the timeline that that we already knew to be there? Because we're we're all done. We're back at the chateau, and Picard's like, when my family moved in, there were bullet holes that they had to get out. And look, these are the bullet holes right from the attack that we just had yesterday. So hey, it must mean. That that was supposed to happen no matter what. That kind of stuff like hurts my head. Yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Can okay, so uh, the headache I think that I gave y'all last time has to do like with this very thing, because I was I I remember saying something to the effect of 
Q sent folks, sent, sent the gang to the Confederation universe, right? And from the Confederation universe, we got in the DeLorean, we got up to 88 miles an hour, and we went back to 2024. And now we're trying to get back to the future, right? So everything that we do to prevent that Confederation future none of the stuff should exist that came from it, including like the La Serena, the Borg Queen, stuff like that, right? So if we if we prevent Soong from being the madman that he is and creating that, like going down that path, we shouldn't have the stuff. So when we get, can I just go ahead and go, go I mean, we'll talk about Q, but can I just go ahead and go to like the thing? So yeah, we get yeah. we get back to the 25th century in 2401, and we're back on the Stargazer. So we preserved our future. So the Confederation stuff that we use to travel back should not exist. All the events should not exist. There should not be a Queen Gerardi. There should just be a Gerardi. There should but not be notice. a... Con- She's integrated. She, she, like they, they, it should not happen. Like it should just like kind of like disappear. Like that whole series of events should be nullified. Period. Full stop. Should be nullified. It should not have happened. Rios, Rios and Gerardi, Elnor, everyone that was there on the Stargazer should be in the exact same position that they were in because that never happened. That reality never existed. But did you notice like? Gerardi is blinked out of it like real Gerardi is blinked out of existence like she's not there on the bridge of the Stargazer anymore Captain Rios like one, at one point one of them turns around and is like where's Captain Rios <laughs> like mm-hmm. why but like why would Captain Rios blink why would Rios blink out of existence you think well he would have been born anyway wouldn't he have and he would have gone through all those same life experiences wouldn't he uh, this is this kind of stuff is like ow <laughs> yes yes hate time <laughs> yes you hate it don't you well let, okay and let me let me just add this too there i've never understood and i like i'm i'm just putting it out there i've never understood truly how many Borg queens there are at any given time is there only one i think there's got to be more than one like, is it like, Cause, like, like freaking Hydra, were, like one dies and like four rise up and take its place or something well, like that? In Star Trek First Contact, Picard is like, that's right, you were there on that cube all the time. But that cube and everyone on it was destroyed. And she goes, how fourth dimensional thinking of you. Like, the queen can be anywhere on any cube or... <laughs> Or there's more of them. Like, yeah, it's it's a confusing thing. Isn't so it? this is the problem that I have. Like, obviously, we know there's different actresses that have played the Borg Queen. Yes. But, by the way, Agnes is the Queen? Question mark. So, yeah. Um, so she's had 400 years being the Borg Queen, which means effectively she was the Borg Queen during the events of Star Trek First Contact. Basically. 
I just love you guys unraveling this stuff. This is these are the kind of things that I think about when I say I hate this so much, because yeah, I mean, j just think about it. If Gerardi is going out there and making all these humble Borgs, and you know, all we're we're all good. We're we're good Borgs now. Resistance First is permissible. Contact, did it did it happen? Wolf, Did any of Wolf that three, happen? Five, nine, best of both worlds doesn't yeah. happen. The Hansons. Do but the does Hansons, Picard, Picard become? Yeah, exactly. Do the Hansons go out looking for the Borg and Seven of Nine happens? Should she have blinked out of existence? Or do we now have multiple factions of Borg where there's the good Borg, the ones that just want to play racquetball together on a Sunday? Or is there is there a rogue faction where it's like, man, screw that queen. We're gonna go do our own thing. And do like they have their own do they have their own hive mind? Two different collective minds? Do they? Well, I, I and again, like we, we had talked about this beforehand about the whole idea of like multiple dimensions, mm -hmm. multi universe type of thing where, you know, Gerardi's Borg ship you know, cut a significant riff and is, is that crossing some sort of dimensional thing where, you know, where uh, Q sent them to alternate timeline where they did all their cool fun stuff and then Gerardi somehow, Gerardi Borg Queen somehow figures out how to come back to the, I'll just call it prime uh, timeline to then, you know, again, uh, fill the circle out. None of it's ever going to make any sense. You can always nitpick time stories. That's why I hate them. And you know what also doesn't make sense? So let's just let's keep let's keep going with this here. Like <laughs> like when she shows up in the first, in episode one, this board queen is all hooded, right? Gotta mm -hmm. gotta cover its face to hide what we look like. And oh, I wanna keep Picard calm, so I'm gonna play an Edith Piaf song because in the past, Picard mentioned to Gerardi that song was, was his mom played that to him as a kid and it kept him calm. And so now she's like, oh, well, that's what I'm going to use to keep him calm in the future while I try to assimilate your ship. But, like, why did she come on with a hood? Why did she cover her face? Why didn't the Borg Queen just come up here and been like, full exposure, face, hey, this is who I am. Why did she have to act so hostile? Why Why could if it's a softer Borg, why couldn't she have just shown her face and tried to explain it rather than acting like an actual Borg, come on and just start to assimilate the whole fleet? Because then you wouldn't start the circle. It doesn't make sense. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, 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 but in all seriousness, though, it's it's all about creating the circle. You have to you have to self fulfilling prophecy. It all has to start back over. So, if you explain everything in the beginning, would they still go back? You know what I mean. Or if they do go back, would they then engage in the same activities that made it to the point where they got to the end of the circle? Or would it turn into a square or a parallelogram Ooh, or a rhombus? Or a rhombus. Geometry, Eric. I was trying to like tickle you a little bit there with some geometric terms. I got, I got it. <laughs> guys, but guys, let me let me just. I want to throw something up there for you real quick. Um, uh, uh, certainly our our um, listeners can't see this, but I just want to know something real quick. Who wore it better? 
Who wore it better? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. I've been waiting for this, by the way. I've been waiting for this moment. So, for people in listener land that can't see this, I have a side-by-side shot of Gerardi as the Borg Queen. You know, the Borg Queen from the West, like the good one. Or East, wherever the good one's from. And RoboCop. Peter Weller's RoboCop. <laughs> Tell me y'all didn't think of this when you saw it, please. No, I, d- <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You're welcome. I do what I can. That's that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, this should... That's the Twitter poll. Who that's the Twitter poll now. thought you'll get a little little kick out of that but and and the Borg queen like if if the confederation if it's its own parallel thing and picard and company were never dropped into it the Borg queen should not exist for to to have like this synthesis of jurati and borg q what q yeah just you just cue it. Yeah, just this is how you this is how you make sense of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the Borg Queen's real purpose. There's some big rift in space that she detected that she can't stop herself. So she wants to use the rest of the Starfleet ships to hook their shields together to stop some graviton wave emission that's going to be some planet killer. Yeah. You know what I wanted this to be? I wanted this to be Q's death because they always talk about themselves in such a grandiose way. Where if a Q dies, how would the universe react to that? Well, well, I think which is I think we saw in in that episode of that Voyager episode where it was the Q Civil War, mm-hmm. like Voyager was noticing like a bunch of supernovas, like stars yeah. just exploding, and they're like, well, that's a result of the war in the continuum. Yeah, I just think that would have been. I don't. I don't think that's what they were going for, but I don't know. No, because at the end, after they stopped cool. it, they're like. This is a trans-warp hub conduit that's been opened. But it's not like any trans-warp conduit or hub that we've ever seen before. So now the Borg are now going to be the the guardians, the watchers on the wall. Of forever? (laughs) Stop. No. I just think it would have been cool to tie to tie that into Q as opposed to no, that would have been maybe cool. attempting to explore a new like line for season three. Because I have to assume this is season three, right? Yeah. This is the big bad for season three. But 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 Allison Pill has literally come out and said she's she's not returning for season three. I mean they've recast a board queen before, so that's true. We we have a board queen. We have someone cast as the board queen already. Yeah, maybe maybe reality will catch up with Jurati Queen and she'll just cease to exist and just be Agnes again. And she's just on Risa, you know, 
No, with a but horror David, gun. David, the more, the more, the once you said, I think that could have been cool. Like this, this wave or beam or whatever is is Q dying, and that's what happened. That that's a that's I mean, a good idea. Well, it would have been somewhat poetic in a way, you know, just. You, you had this whole, which I assume we'll talk about, the whole heart-to-heart with Picard, and this was his final journey, and and it was felt throughout the universe, and we had to, you know, contain the power of a dying Q. Like, that, I don't know, that that kind of seems sort of classic to me. I I don't know, that's, that was my first thought as soon as I saw it coming on, and then I was like, eh, nope, it's not too bad. Okay, like, I, I do want to talk about the cue of it all, because I think this is what, like, most of us, like, wanted yeah. to know from yeah. the very beginning, yeah. right? So, like, Picard goes yeah. and puts the skeleton key in the wall, which is the key his younger self finds in the future, that he opens up the room where his mom is being locked in, and then she goes and commits suicide, Right. So he puts it there for him to find later, right? Like the self-fulfilling prophecy thing, right? And then he hears Q talking from the other room. I did all this because I love you. Because I care about you. No, but Which I like, didn't mind that. But the here's way. the thing. Here's the thing. No, I mean, I kind of yeah, liked I it. it, it no. in, in a way, you're... No, I like I like this whole thing too. It's it's not quite as impactful as like the Picard and Data like scene from the end of season one, but it's it's got the same vibes, yeah. like two people, you know, just having a, a, a chat here about essentially their feelings for each other and a reflection on their lives. But like here's the thing. At, like Picard puts the key there and Q says you chose to put that there knowing that knowing what will happen and you chose to you know let things stay the same become the you you chose to accept the you that you are i don't know if those are the exact words but you know flaws and all you you had the ability to change it but you chose to accept who you are you chose to forgive yourself in a sense but, like, Chase, when we started this whole thing, mm-hmm. and we learned Q was coming back, Chase, you were like, I hope this isn't just a tapestry redux or redo. But that's mm-hmm. essentially what this is. Like, really that's is. what this is. Yeah. Because, like, the whole point of tapestry was Q gave Picard a different life. He gave him the opportunity to change his life, make up for a mistake, a air quotes mistake in his past and it turned out to lead to a life Picard didn't want Mm -hmm. and Picard begged Q to like let him have his real life back and that's essentially the same storyline we're doing here it really is yeah Uh, I'll I'll say one one thing though the only the only difference that you could nitpick a little bit is that Tapestry was almost about um, appreciating your life as it sits. All of your past experiences have made you into this, and you know what? You got it good. You're out there. It's good. In this case, though, the lesson was more about, you know, I am now at the end of my life. You're at the end of your life. I'm dying alone. 
don't be like me. Continually follow the happiness. Find the happiness even when you don't think you can. So it, it, while you are right, it is definitely rehashy. And it is like a lesson, a similar lesson. I, I kind of feel there was a l- enough differentiation where it's a little bit different, especially, you know, growing older and so forth. But, you know, essentially that was what it was. I mean, would have been pretty cool to see Picard as a Q, but hey, what do I know? No, but like the lesson that Picard, that Q is trying to teach Picard here is forgiveness, right? It's to like forgive himself. Like you're not responsible for what happened here, but you've been right. blaming yourself your entire life, yeah. and you need to forgive yourself. Essentially, yeah. Learned, yeah, I mean, w- with it being like, like like you said, like this redux, right? Like this, this rehash of, of tapestry. I mean, that was like accepting yourself like for where you were at that point in your life, right? And like this is going like one step further one step even deeper with it like are you I mean even at this advanced stage like this advanced age are you still willing to accept yourself and the legacy or even to a certain extent the lack thereof of a leg- of a legacy like being left behind but yeah like you've done great amazing things for for the for you know Starfleet but what about for you Right, like I think that's like ultimately like what's really being communicated. Like, what have you done for yourself instead of like for others? Like, others are great, but selfless, cool. Like, this is like another shot. Yeah. Like, with you being like the true you, like like, and he says like unsh- unshackled from the past, right? To to do this, like whether he ends up with Beverly or Laris or whomever, right? Like whether but- there is a romance or not. Like the point is find happiness surround yourself with people that you enjoy being with that that care about you and and don't let go of it basically don't yeah, isolate yourself it's also about picard too because picard says what was the purpose of all this am i going to be necessary for some big event that's happening out there and like we've seen q come into some big events right like the last time we saw q with picard was all good things you know like this anti-time that was gonna wipe out all life in the universe or all human life or, or whatever and uh q's like why does it have to be why did why does this have to be on some big cosmic scale why can't this whole thing just have been about you like nothing like you are enough one person is enough here this doesn't have to be some grand thing i really i really like that yeah but i also have another question q says he's dying alone why does q have to be alone q has a son q has a a a a baby mama Right? What happened to them? Why is he alone? Where is where is Junior Q? Played by John Delancey's son. Son, yeah. Yeah. Where is he? Like my dad is dying. Maybe we've we've had a strange life, but like I can at least be there for him when he's dying, right? So he doesn't have to be alone. For sure. For sure. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, I think I'm happy with with the Q thing and how it kind of wrapped up. For some reason, I remember like interviews or something or, or articles or something about John Delancey being on season three. But like everywhere I look now, it there's interviews saying I'm not returning for, for season three of Picard. So if that is true, then I guess we truly are done with, with Q. I think this is this is the end of Q. I mean, and and I know like in in Discovery season three, like they mention we haven't like I think it's Vance Admiral Vance mentions we haven't had any contact with the yeah, Q continuum. Yeah, we haven't heard from the like, Q continuum in like six hundred years or 600 something like years, that, right? Yeah, something like yeah, which would put it trace it back almost to like the twenty four hundred. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> the, I mean, I thought I thought the Q thing was was handled very well, and I didn't even mind like the hug at the very end. I think that hug, I thought that was great. Just that like, was fantastic. Come here. I it, it's it like yeah. Bring bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I thought the I thought the Q thing was handled very well, very well. Um, like just, I mean, I got I got issues like with like the like how we got from point A to point B, right? Like with like all the Q stuff in the middle, I have some issues with that. But the way that it I guess ended, I'm not I'm not really mad at it. I mean, it, it was good. It was good. Um, the thing I am mad about. This is my segue. The thing I am mad about, Rios, my boy. Mm. Okay, uh, first of all, before you get into this, I want to say something. It's too late. I want to say something. I was wrong, and I apologize. Like, this whole Rios storyline, I was like, okay, what's the purpose of all this? Does any of this matter? Right? We got, you know into this clinic we got arrested by ice we got free and that's it it's over like no more boy was i wrong right i thought this we would not see any of this again this wouldn't matter i was like why are we spending so much time on it i was wrong it happens it's okay we'll forgive you <laughs> i was wrong <laughs> Yeah, so Auntie Auntie Renee, Auntie Renee um, helps little Ricardo clear the skies with a little little bug or something that was found on Io. Cool. Um, I'm guessing that Teresa and um, and Rios, like that uh, Chris, they got they got married. I'm assuming that. Who knows? What? Why not? Why not? You know. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, but like, I, but like, I have a question. Does it mm-hmm. make sense that like Doctor's daughter and Renee Picard got together to work together? How would that even happen? Like, there was no connection between Rios and Renee Picard ever in this entire storyline. 
Well, they all met down at Guinan's one day. But like, how? And discovered. <laughs> they were like, drawn. Rios, it's Rios didn't have any interaction with Guinan. They're friends. They're time friends. Eric. 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 <laughs> the plot demanded it, my, my man. Yeah. No, you, you, you are right, though. It, it is kind of... Eh, it is kind of a little... And, and you know, another thing that I just wanted to point out here. So, Rios dies fighting over medical supplies with a cigar in his mouth. He lived... The, or he died the way he lived. Violently? Like a violent murdery death. That's that's something. Oh man, he went out the way he always lived. Violent murder death. Got it with a cigar in his mouth. I thought it would have been funny if he died of lung cancer. He'd been sucking down too many cancer sticks or something. It's not really funny at all. But you know, it's just it would have been more ironic. But <laughs> why did Rios have to get punked like that? He just he just got murdered. <laughs> Why did Rios have to go? Like, why couldn't we just kept on the trajectory of, you know, the voyage home, bring the doctor to the future, like have voyage home redux, right? Like, like, why not? Why not? I don't know. I mean, the I writing was on the wall that it, that it could have, it should have happened. Okay, well, but let's what, talk what about let's talk wall. about on the wall and in the bar. Okay, let's do this for a second. Random picture, right? No, but let's just go to Ten Forward Guinan's Bar. Whoopi Goldberg shows back up, and I think I think David was the one who called it. I think he was like, "This feels like first episode, last episode." Use character usage. I'm pretty sure that's what what yeah, you said. for sure. The one, um, and you were right. But like, when Guinan shows up, she's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't tell you about any of this." It's like. Did the writers just erase Time's Arrow now? We had this discussion back then, and 100%. and we were all like, did. "Well, it's it's not it's not a continuity error because they came from the Confederation timeline back into the past, so none of the next generation actually happened. So Time's Arrow didn't happen, but they totally just erased Time's Arrow, didn't they? They did. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite episodes. They, that they watch like, on the regular. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not. Ca- it's not canon. Throw it out. This is what happens when we think. Actually, this is what happens with time travel. It's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Yeah, I, I'm. Like it was okay. I mean, I guess it was okay when we were in 2024. Because yeah, like. They came from the Confederation, so the Federation history never occurred. But it did. But it did. So, like, the meetings that Picard had with Alt-Guinan, young young Guinan, whatever, should have never happened. Like, it should have just defaulted back to Time's Arrow. Should have. That's what I think. The Confederation timeline should have never existed once they got back to the future. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are we are we almost done? Like, are we ready just like to kind of move on? I mean, I think the last scene, Picard. They have they have their toast in the bar. Picard's like, "I gotta get out of here. I got a date." 
Well, gotta be heading heading out heading out everybody. Here, take this shot of whatever. Just drink it. All right, I'm out. One thing I think one thing that we kind of like just glossed over was the fact that on the Stargazer, um, Seven gets a field promotion. I'm guessing to captain. Oh. So does that yeah. mean that she's now in charge of the Stargazer? She's the captain of the Stargazer now? Like, I would like for Seven to actually have something to do. Like, I really felt like, you got Seven of Nine in your show, right? Give her something to do. And she really didn't do that much this season. Like, let's let's be perfectly honest here. She really didn't do that much here. So, like, if she... I would love to see her as, like the captain of a, of a ship. I think she's certainly qualified. If that's a, if that's where they're going with it, I would, I would really enjoy that storyline. Don't give her the stargazer. Give her like the USS Janeway or the USS Voyager a, the Voyager fan service or whatever. Give her, give her something, something like that. Give her the USS Barkley. How about that? Please. <laughs> okay, I think that's it. Like I'm, we're 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 going sublight engines now. Okay, like we're we're coming out of warp on this one. So um, we we've talked this episode to death, y'all. So let's move into the evaluation portion of this episode. So um, if, again, if this is your first time listening, we're going into um, our evaluation of the show, where we rate rate the episode, this finale episode. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being perfection. Mwah. So, um, David, how would you rate this this episode? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't particularly enjoy the, the pacing slash, you know, the, the, the wrap-up style. I, I mean, I get it. It's happened elsewhere. I, I just, it, it, it just didn't feel... It just felt like we ended the episode several times, and I, I was just a little put off by that. But I'm not gonna say like I hated it, um, because I, I didn't I didn't really hate it. It just felt off in, in some weird way. But it, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as some of our like, you know, really low rated episodes for the season. Um, I mean the the really the really power hit here was the stuff with Q for me. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really have much reaction to the, to the song, you know, kind of ending. It was just kind of like, we could have wrapped this up already. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I, there's, there's just so much wrapping up. I, again, I, I'm not a writer. I'm not a director. I'm not a screenwriter. I'm not any of these people, but it just felt like you could have went in perhaps a different structural structural uh, route that would have made things a little bit more interesting. The only thing that I will say is the really the handling of, of time and canon and everything, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it yeah, I didn't really I didn't really care for that all, all as much, you know. And this is. I know people are sick of hearing about it. I get sick of saying it, but these are the reasons why I can't stand time stories because there's always loose ends and we just try and explain them away with BS. Um, 
and it, it, it doesn't ever make any sense. Time Zero is effectively not there. I mean, I'm not really cool with that, if, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it attempted to... S- Tempted to shoehorn a lot of things in there that we would have had to we would have had to have scienced, you know, in, in prior stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't want to like you know downgrade it super heavy, but I, I would probably say like I might be somewhere around like a seven eight maybe. Okay. Oh, that's a lot higher than I thought. Right, you were David's going with a seven eight. Yeah, I, di- I didn't want to completely rip it apart because it was fine. Like it was, there was some great stuff here. It just, eh. Okay. Eric, how would you rate the sh- the? Episode, oh man, man, we we did our little thumbs thumb scale before we um, uh, did this episode, and David was like thumbs down, and I. I, I revised it. I know, it. You but, know, then, I was, I, but then he I'm comes influenced. out with a seven point eight, and I'm like, that doesn't feel like a <laughs> thumbs down to me. I am a contradiction. And I, I gave it a thumbs up, not Ooh. all the way up, but like, yeah. you know, <laughs> 45 degrees up. Um, you and your geometry, man. You know, <laughs> this show, what is the name of this show? This The name of this show is not Star Trek The Next Generation. The name of this show is Star Trek Picard, Okay anyone thinking it should be the next generation check your expectations at the door this is a character study the whole point of this show is to learn more about Jean-Luc Picard to deal with his issues his feelings his emotions and I think season one did that quite effectively right it saw like a man who lost his sense of optimism on a journey to regain that sense of hope and I thought it did it very effectively I thought that it pulled together the ending I thought it very well right not necessarily like the synthetic story but like sure the sure. story with data and every and and that um, and I'm very satisfied with the Q ending of it all right this this was a story about you know, Q sent Q trying to help this man. You know, listen, I can send you to this hellhole of a future to, for your penance, or you, I can give you a shot at forgiveness. And you know, I'm satisfied with what we saw. Like, you know, when you're a child, this is you're not a reliable narrator. Like, you know, Picard blamed himself for this his entire life. Now. Now the guy, dude, is like a hundred years old. The fact that he's never taken the time to think back on what happened to his mother in a, in you know the hundred years since on his own, that might seem a little far fetched. Like that you never thought to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm incre- I'm incredibly satisfied with with the ending of with the ending of the Picard story. All the other stuff be damned, right? As far as I'm concerned, like. I don't care about the Adam song. I don't care about the Corey song and the Traveler, like the Borg stuff. Like, there's some issues that I have with it. But like, this is called Star Trek Picard, and I'm very satisfied with the Picard of it all. Um, and dang, David gave it a 7.8, and I was making me rethink mine because I feel like I enjoyed. I feel like I think this episode is significantly better than 
David or Chase thinks it is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, rethink my rating here. I'm going to give it an 8.4. My gosh. <sighs> and I bumped that up because of David's rating. That was not my initial plan. Thanks. Thank, thanks, David. Thanks. Welcome. <clears throat> okay. So, I, so I, I watched this. I got up early and I watched this. And... I don't know if I was just in like a bad mental state or what, but I just found myself just kind of like looking away at times. Like I was just like kind of bored and I was just like, this was like a meh episode for me. Like I told like some folks this, like some other Trek, uh, <clears throat> Trek friend, friends that I have that I thought it was kind of meh and everyone else is like singing this episode's praises and that's fine. Like, I don't care. Like if you love the episode, love it. Um, there were just there were quite a few moments um, that just rang hollow. Like I didn't feel like it. It really deserved like the the emotional weight that I think it was trying to get at. Like some moments with um, like Rafi, some moments like even with Talon. Um, the, yeah, like just there there were there were a handful of different ones. I just felt like it just rang really hollow. And I loved, 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 loved the, the Q stuff. Loved it. Um, I wasn't even mad at like the, the whole Talon and like the 24 and Mandy toxic hand glove thing. I enjoyed that. I love seeing Renee on the ship mission success type of thing. Um, I just I, I, I kind of had like the the WTF mate kind of thing like with with uh, Will showing up like that was cool like I'm glad they're they're able to get like all the cast members back you know for this this series at different points that's that's fine um man maybe I should have started with Eric on this <laughs> <laughs> um dang now I'm gonna feel like a monster for the rating that I've been wanting to give it. Well, well, don't, because IMDb has it at, like, a 6.3. Okay, well, it's definitely better than 6.3. Um, 6.5 right now. The The number that I came in with uh, for, for this episode, just because, like, I just, I mean, it was all right. It was just, like, a 7.71 for me. So that's pretty wide variance. Yeah, that's that's what I'm sticking with. So I'll give it, I'll give it a seven one just for just for funsies. So because I do think it was better than um, um, Mercy, which I, I gave Mercy a seven. So I'll give it a seven. I'll give Farewell a seven point one. So anyway, that's that, y'all. That's that's it. We got through the series and. Um, uh, with our our um, three scores averaged together, we collectively gave the the season two finale a seven point seven six, or just rounded up to a seven eight, basically. So, David was right on it, man. Good job, David. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Congratulations. I always win. <laughs>
So, before we get out of here, we gotta talk about the most important part of this podcast. And that is the Twitter poll. So, as y'all know, I, I do a very robust uh, quantitative study, right, from week to week, uh, polling the, the Trekkies of the Twitterverse. And this particular inquiry um, was which appearances of Q, specifically John Delancey, because I realized there are multiple Q, um, have you enjoyed the most? And the options were TNG, DS9 slash Voyager, Lower Decks, or Picard. Wait, so you put DS9 and Voyager together? I did. And there's one Deep Space Nine episode. Yeah, but there's like 10 seconds of Lower Decks. Isn't there? They're different eras. There's different eras. <laughs> That's ultimately what I was getting at. Like these different eras. Like which era of, you yeah, know, you Q. enjoyed the most. Yeah. So which appearances of Q have you enjoyed the most? TNG, Deep Space Nine slash Voyager, Lower Decks, or Picard? Well, I feel like we learned more about Q in Voyager than we did in any of the other series. Okay. Right? We learned more about the Q, the Q continuum, right? And they he wasn't just some trickster. Like there was there I feel like we learned more depth to to him there. And I really enjoyed. I think all of the Q episodes really landed very well in, in Voyager. But I mean, I think the answer's got to be generation like I think it's gotta be the winner of this poll what do you think David TNG because of tapestry it's one of my favorite all time episodes okay well let's go to the results in last place with 6.7% of the vote the people of Twitter are going to be very upset with this lower decks 6.7% of the vote sorry it's Star like Trek 10 Twitter. seconds, isn't it? Yeah, but still. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, the Lower Decks community is pretty strong. Oh my gosh, though, yeah. On the Twitter. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> really okay, sorry Lower Decks. Nothing personal. Uh, let's, let's go to third place. In third place, with 13.3% of the vote. DS9 and Voyager. There you go. Okay, so it's coming down to TNG and Picard. Both of you voted for for TNG. Is that your final answer? You're locking it in. Yes. (coughs) (coughs) Okay, all right. In third place with 20... Second place. Second place, sorry. Whatever, same thing. Wibbly wobbly stuff, whatever. Second place. In second place with 26.7% of the vote. Picard, which means 53.3% of the vote went to the next generation. I think that Picard vote is some recency bias. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. So, anyway. Well, that's it, y'all. Like We're done with um, with Picard uh, for now, until season three comes out. Uh, we still have to do um, some sort of retrospective on um, Discovery, and we'll eventually do a retrospective on, um, on this, maybe. And uh, but we got man, there's just like this ongoing like it's just never ending. It's the never ending story of Star Trek. 
Like, I swear. Like, it's never ending. It's never going to end until it ends. You know what I'm saying? It's great. I mean, so. we've we've now done 43 episode recaps. Is it really Basically been? nonstop since September. Are you kidding me? Has it really <laughs> been that? Yeah. Oh, we've been doing this for 43 weeks straight? Uh, well, no, there was some overlap there. I think maybe like 40 weeks. Because there was some double episode. Wow. 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 Okay. That's a lot, y'all. That's 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 a lot of trek to talk about. Alright, well let's get out of here. Um let's yeah, let's let's get out of here. Guys, as always, thank you so much for this. Um with this being the season finale, um we have um, Strange New Worlds that also premiered on the same day as Picard's finale. So with Strange New Worlds being the new current ongoing stuff, like the Strange New Worlds episodes will be coming out on Tuesdays just like Picard was. So um, this finale episode, um, you're hearing it uh, drop on a Sunday um, instead of on a Tuesday. So just uh, keep that in mind. Um, but anytime we have new um, current Trek, the main one with the deeper, you know, whatever in the in the episode count is going to come out on Tuesdays. So... Um, Anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for for doing this. Listeners, I hope you all enjoyed our discussion of Picard um, for these last 10 weeks. I know it's been a wild ride for all of us. Some of us loved it, hated it, were indifferent about it. Um, But just like, you know, Idic, you know, infinite diversity, infinite combinations. You know, if you if you we don't want to yuck your yum, if you really enjoyed every single episode or whatever it might be, you know, just enjoy it. You know, these are just our opinions. They're not gospel for for anyone so um anyways we'd love to hear your thoughts um check us out trtvpod.com you can also um just open up handling frequencies and send us an email trtvpod at gmail.com you can also send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 there is a three minute limit so hurry up before we have to use the borg to shield us from a big explosion please uh finally if you do you know want to mail us something like i don't know something cool like remote controlled drones that's cool Lone Star Station PO Box 2455 Azel Texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for tuning in and as always remember to boldly go and make it so